Hey, it's me, Prince Philip. Oh, there he is. <laughs> if I go to speaker view, he pops up. Hey, it's me. I'm Prince Philip. How you doing? Oh, God. How about this open mic night, huh? <laughs> Does anybody remember when I was young? I sure don't. I'm an embalmed corpse. What else is going on? Do you like Disney? Do you like movies? Do you like friends who watch these movies? Disney Channel, Tipsy Battle, Disney Channel, Tipsy Battle, Disney Channel, Tipsy Battle, yeah! Hey everybody, welcome to the Disney Channel Tipsy Paddle, the podcast where we watch and review all the decons from A to Z con. Nope, I said that wrong. Let me try that again. You like Disney, you like movies, you like friends who watch these movies. Disney Channel, Tipsy Battle, Disney Channel, Tipsy Battle, Disney Channel, Tipsy Battle, yeah! Hey everybody, welcome to the Disney Channel Tipsy Panel, the podcast where we watch and review all the decoms from A to Xenon. My name's Brandon, and whenever I go swimming, I get all scaly. My name is James, and I thought I saw the Moy Maid once, but it was just the Loch Ness Monster. Uh, my name's Brennan, and I am mermaid on the top and fish on the bottom. He's <laughs> all mermaid. I, 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 you guys are kidding me, Hernandez. What a shit call. That was, out, that was outside the strike zone. You gotta be joking. You hey, and Scott guys... Buckner, consistently the worst umpires in baseball. I swear to fucking God. Oh my God, guys, our friend is back. I swear Do to guys... fucking God, Jake. Throw strikes. Hey, Ryan, is that you? Everywhere. Guys? Hey! Hey! What are you doing at City Field? We're not at City Field. We're, well, we're near City Field. But where we're in our, our homes. How, how so are, are you, you, I think. How are you hearing me? I don't know. Um, how's how's the Mets? I'm up here in section 504, row 38, seat four. No, Ryan, I just changed your desktop background to look like that. <laughs> well, you you gotta be kidding me, Latiri! Throw strikes. What are they What are they paying you for? Well, Ryan, while you're heckling the game, do you want to participate in this little thing called the Disney Channel Tipsy Panel? Well, guys, I thought that I was retired from the show because I bought um, season tickets to the Mets and, you know, all the games happen to occur as we're record or as you're recording the show. Yeah, but this yeah. is a big episode. This is the big five nine. That's probably someone's jersey, right? Ah, uh, the big five nine. The last time the New York Mets won the World Series, 1959. <laughs> <laughs> you love to see it. Well, it's good to have you back, Ryan. Thanks for joining us again. My name is Ryan Metz, and I'm only here so I don't get fired. We are the Disney Channel Tipsy Panel. We're going to review another Disney Channel original movie. This one's a classic. This is called The 13th Year. I think it came out in 1999. It's about a kid who, in his 13th year of life, I guess, starts becoming a mermaid. That's all you need to know. It's pretty fun. A, mer a merman, Brandon. Sorry, merman. Merman. Yes. Merman. His name is Cody Merman. He actually starts turning into Eugene Merman. 
That would be a pretty great movie. He's Merman, man from the sea. <laughs> but before we get into all of that, we are called the Tipsy Panel for a reason. Why? Because James made a drink. Silly. This one's really cool. It is, it is iridescent. Yeah. It, it's fun to look at, and it's even more fun to drink. James, tell us what's in this drink. Well, this is a fishbowl. If you've ever gone to like a, you know, like a college bar where you get a drink for four people, it's pretty much what this is. Uh, it's just like a garbage can full of uh, liquor. Uh, it's and it it looks sort of like like an azure sea blue, uh, and that is due to the blue curacao in it. So it's two ounces of vodka, two ounces of rum, an ounce of blue curacao, an ounce of sour mix like margarita mix. Uh, three ounces of pineapple juice, three ounces of seltzer, and then we threw Scandinavian swimmers in there. Not Swedish fish, but Scandinavian swimmers. The Trader oh, Joe yeah. shit. We cut no corners on the tipsy panel. This is that gourmet stuff. They wow. are superior, and they're going to soak up all that biz. Yeah, I'm very excited to get to the bottom and take a big munch on this. And those of you out there, you want to make this drink? You can. It's going to be on our Instagram at Disney Channel Tipsy Panel. Do not use Swedish fish. You will be breaking the recipe, and James will be mad. Don't I'll do it. No. Mm-hmm. He can sense it. All right. I guess it's time to talk about this movie. Yeah. Uh, Does anyone do want it. to? Oh, we already talked about the plot, so we don't have to. We don't have to go all over that. that he turns into a mermaid. Is that is the plot. Yeah, the movie starts with a mermaid leaving a baby, and then it cuts to essentially a thirteenth birthday party. Uh, yeah, there's no 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 room for the in between. <laughs> I think I'm, ju- I'm just going to throw this out there and do with this what you will. Um, this is the hottest casting that they've ever done for a movie. That mermaid is hot. Yes, I don't think they've ever had a hotter actor actor or actress in in any of their movies. She's got the seashell, you know. I mean, she, it's the Ariel look. But they show, like, a a full bare back right Mm -hmm. in the beginning of the movie. That's how you know things are going to get a little hot and heavy in here. Oh, yeah. She doesn't say a word. No. That's how I I like my women. Dave Coulier, sexy dad. So I looked her up. Uh, Her name... She's not an actress. Her name is (laughs) Stephanie Chantel Dorelli. I think this is just her thing. Her her Instagram... (laughs) Her name is Eccentric Mermaid Chantel. Whoa. And she has it? most recently posted herself dressed as a mermaid in, like, 2020. Whoa. Yeah, so th- I, I think they just got somebody. She lives in Hawaii. She wears things with sequins. She had dreads and bangs at the same time for a while. Whoa. This is just the kind of person she is. Um, but, yeah, I, um, I, I, I think they just found somebody who dresses as a mermaid because they didn't want to pay anything for special effects. And we're like, hey, come dress as a mermaid for this movie. <laughs> I thought maybe she would be like a wiki-watchy mermaid. Um, the wiki-watchy is a, like a place in Florida where they have like, it's like a roadside attraction where they have like shitty mermaid shows. But it, actually not shitty. Like these women dress in full mermaid outfits like all day long and do like 15-minute shows underwater while holding their breath. Wow. They, they have, like, oxygen things that are, like, hidden that they, like, take little puffs of, and they just do underwater shows at, like, a roadside thing in Florida, wiki-wachi. But I don't know why I put that on her. She could also just enjoy this. 
Big update. Big update, everybody. Big update. On January 13th, eccentric mermaid Chantel posted, another era has closed and my mermaid career is slimming down even more. Guys, we're, we're, we're missing Whoa. out on opportunities. We need to hire eccentric mermaid Chantel to come just do mermaid stuff. We should call her up and be like, yeah, come on, fly out. We can't pay you for the plane ticket, and we don't want anything fancy. Just just, just come wear, wear your mermaid tail. Just come here and don't speak like you did in the <laughs> film The 13th Year. I just want to feel something again. <laughs> so anything, uh, anything interesting about this movie? No. We could just say no and then just wrap up now. I will say there were many things wrong with the early scenes. But probably the most unrealistic thing mm-hmm. is that um, the main character's mother exclaims that Cody is her favorite name. Oh. Is that anyone's favorite name? Maybe for oh. a dog or for a Joyce Manor album, but not for a <laughs> boy child. This is that late 90s time where all people, all little boys had to have cool names. And that's why this movie, you got Cody Griffin. And what is it, Sean Matthew or something? Oh, isn't that like Boy Meets World? Yeah, oh yeah, it is. You're right. Well, what's his name then? It's it's Sean something. I wrote it down. I don't remember. I don't know, Sean Marshall. Right. Oh, but yeah. big '90s yeah. energy radiating off of him. But nothing beats Cody's actual name. Oh the my actor's god, actor's name. Oh my god, it's Ches Starbuck. I love that so much. Or is it Shea Starbuck, like French? <laughs> He's like a French cafe. Yeah. I wonder what Un- his mom was thinking when she named him. Oh, I just love the name Chez so much. It's my Chez. favorite name. I don't know. But the weird thing is that he's not like not really even an actor. This was the first thing he ever did. So he could have like yeah, picked this tell. name for himself. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, you can definitely yeah. tell. I mean... Everyone delivers lines in this movie like they're in a video game. You know, like they they weren't acting a scene all together, but instead they were just in their own siloed yeah. room. And then the editors just like cut in lines whenever they needed one. To be honest, that's probably largely how it happened anyway. Because I mean, I think if you're getting a bunch of actors who aren't cohesive and haven't worked with any other actors before they're just going to read their own lines and not consider at all how like to play off of somebody else and most of these people are just you know first time actors except for uh uh uncle joey there mr you ought to know dave coulier (laughs) now that's a french name Mm -hmm. chez coulier chez coulier I mean, I think they spent the entire uh, acting coach budget on the legs to to Dolphin Finn CGI morph mm. towards the end of the movie. Oh, oh, oh. That was... <clears throat> I did see that uh, this movie, I think every single DCOM has a budget of $5 million, and they said this one was too high for what this movie should have been. I imagine this movie was made on pocket change. Whatever they had lying around, it's... It's how they made the movie. Well, it shows. I mean, the the major areas that they shot in were a high school or a middle school, uh, a pool, um, a boat, a house, uh, a a barn full of junk, like a like a dock house full of junk. I love that place, beach. Big yes. John's uh, <laughs> little hovel. Yeah, Big John's little hovel. Cool spot. We, we should talk. About- the name of my new coffee shop. 
We should talk about Big John's little hovel. I love Big John, who's just a conspiracy theorist. He's a mermaid truther. Yes, except mm-hmm. he's right. So yeah. that makes it way more interesting. The film actually starts out with Big John asleep on his boat full of junk. And he's awoken by the sounds of a sexy woman floating in the water who he thinks is a fish. He's like, oh, that's got to be at least 100 pounds. And then he sees the mermaid and he's like, oh, you're beautiful. Truly the correct reaction to finding a mermaid. In order, he says, wait till I tell other people about this. And then he screams at her, you're beautiful. And then he crashes his boat. He cat calls the mermaid. (laughs) Hey, baby, how's about you and me down to the marina? Oh, my God. Pretty much, though. The mermaid, so the mermaid uh, is Cody's mom who puts him in a, like a satchel on a boat where he's found by Dave Coulier and his mother. But she kind of seems to know what she's doing to get him off her tail, literally. Uh, and she, like, toodaloo charms him, and he crashes his boat. And then she goes away. But she could have just done that. She kind of seemed like she knew that's what was going to happen. I want to agree with you. But there is a very long, like a 10-second shot of just the, the mermaid's reaction when the boat drives away with the baby. Oh, yeah. And I cannot garner a single tangible emotion that she's <laughs> trying to express. That you was see such her a face. long shot, and I, I watched know. it in double speed, and I was like, holy shit, <laughs> this is such a long shot. I can't imagine how long it must have been in real time. With no payout whatsoever, because I have yeah. no idea what she was trying to convey. Sadness, that really, hope. That really set the tone for the rest of this movie. It did. It really did. So Cody becomes a swimmer in his uh, adolescent life. We see, you know, he's helping his his adoptive parents with their tour business. Um, and, you know... While they seem to have his best interests at hand, they're like, oh, go to the meet, buddy. They're like keeping him to help them, even though it's not necessarily appropriate. Um, And I felt like that was kind of a theme throughout the whole movie. Like his parents mean well, but they don't necessarily, you know, execute as they should. I'd say that's pretty accurate for their character. They did kind of just fall into a baby. Or I guess the baby just fell into their arms, basically. (laughs) So I think that works. Makes them flawed, but interesting. Yeah, and basically, we spend spend the whole movie, uh, you know, fucking watching Fishboy try to navigate his life as an adolescent merman. You know, they did try to give the baby up to the firehouse, uh, (laughs) which... How how old is too old to give up a, a kid to the firehouse? I don't know. Uh, my parents tried to give me away when I was 10, and they said, no, nah, we can't take him. It's not, he, like, he's not even tall enough to polish the truck. I feel like that's a good, realistic threat for misbehaving <laughs> children. We're going to send you to the firehouse. I, I will drop you off at the firehouse, and they will accept it. <laughs> <laughs> no questions asked. Yeah, I don't know. They said they went to the police, and the police had no idea where the baby was from. So they're like, ah, let's keep the baby. We got a baby now. The but mom goes, when, can we keep him? Police, when would the police honestly know where our baby's coming from? 
Yeah, they, no one ever had to talk with them. That's true. <laughs> the police just don't know. Somebody <laughs> brought this baby. Like, isn't that how it's supposed to happen? What was it, the stork or something? These parents were truly uh, a, a perennial couple, though. The holistic anti-vax mom oh and the God. comedian always doing a tight five dad. Not only anti-vax, anti-doctor. They're quacks with stethoscopes. Crazy. Yeah, what, what was the... Did, was there an origin behind why she's so distrustful of doctors? Not that I caught. Yes. Um, oh, injury. Ryan, what is it? Head injury. That's it. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. yep, yep. There you go. Yes, Thank it was you, the Ryan. head injury scene. Glad you. I'm glad you were paying attention. I must have skipped that one. But yeah, to be fair, though, the doctor that they bring around, which is apparently the doctor, the one that they would ever call, is an awful doctor. Dr. Schwartz. <laughs> oh, you're, you have scales on your arm? That's puberty. Yeah, he, he, he goes, I have my diagnosis. And then he cuts the scene, and, he goes, and uh, Cody goes, puberty. <laughs> like, no doctor would say that, too. <laughs> they, would, they would say it more gently and be like, listen, it happens. Mm-hmm. Terrible bedside manner and medical opinion. Maybe he is a quack with a stethoscope. Maybe he's just not a doctor. Yeah, he's Maybe the only that's doctor. What, that's what must be happening here. This guy is posing as a doctor, and that's why the mother's like, oh, this guy's a quack with a stethoscope. And she's right. If if she if her only exposure to doctors is him, she's then yeah we're the we're the fools for thinking that she's silly. Speaking of doctors, I really like that they throw out the medical term myocardial infarction in this movie. That was very fun to hear. What does that mean? I I think it's just a heart attack. Yeah, Uh-oh. and then they also referenced a heart attack later. Um, but it, it was what the coach said. Who, by the way, is. Just every Disney Channel coach. There must be like a farm where they're growing these guys. And I just read Brave New World again recently, and they, they like grew, you know, 10,000 twins in, in jars. And I think all of the DCOM coaches are just a Bokanovsky group that Disney Channel made <laughs> so they can have different coaches in their movies. <laughs> That coach had such an amazing move. He's timing the kids in practice, and they're swimming super fast because they're real good swimmers. And he has his stopwatch in his hand, and he's looking at how fast they're going, and he kisses his stopwatch. <laughs> he gives it a he gives it a, and because they're doing so good at swimming, he's very so cute. happy about their times. It's very sweet and very cute and very nice. I like that. Hey, These how about children how children are swimming really fast? <laughs> <laughs> How about how Cody can swim faster than a boat, but not faster than a 13-year-old? I know. Yeah. Well, look, in fairness, he swam faster than the boat and then ran to fucking the swim meet and then almost beat the boy. He was just a little tired. Very, very fair point. You are correct. But didn't he... No, that was a different swim meet. Never mind. There's multiple swim meets. He beat the kid at the next meet. Yeah. But that was because he was on steroids. You know what bothered me? (laughs) All right. I do like that they said he was on steroids. But you know what bothered me? The fact that in that last swim meet, they just qualified for states. But then states was held at their pool. Yeah. If they'd only just qualified for states, don't you think they would have scheduled the final states meet somewhere that they already knew was going to be part of the meet? True. Unless they were supposed to be like a neutral site. 
because they have the best pool. I guess. Yeah, that would make sense. But then they're they not definitely had the best biased. pool. They definitely had the best pool because there was a little window in their like locker room or whatever. Yeah, I tr- definitely better than Echo Park. Did those exist? Oh, I'm sure because, they do. I mean, apparently they right? did. I'm going to look that up. I don't even know what I would type in to get to that. <laughs> Olympic pool window. You're going to find it. Good luck. I believe in you. Oh, I guess they do exist. They're, I guess they're for like judges and stuff. Yeah, how else could you watch people underwater? Yeah, and we all want to do that in a completely sports-related way. Coach? <laughs> hey, I want to talk about Jess. The little nerdy boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a wimp. Not only is he a wimp, you know, I, I'm not going to hold it against him for being a wimp, but he's such a downer about being a wimp. Like, he acknowledges that he's a nerd, but at least be proud that you're a nerd and don't put yourself out there to be beat up or ridiculed all the time. Oh, I, a- I'm such a loser. I'm just going to go look at hermit crabs and guppies. Why don't you just kick my little ass? Why don't you just beat the <laughs> fucking shit out of me? Because I'm such a little <laughs> bitch boy. He goes, that's my job. Yeah. You guys can't hit each other. You got to hit me or else I'm good for nothing. <laughs> I'm so glad he dies at the end. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank yeah. goodness. Yeah, when that boat just ripped him apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good scene. Yeah. He was no, like, Birch, but without it. saving anybody. Look, in fairness, he actually did die. Uh, I know we're skipping ahead here, but uh, Jess dies at the end, and then Cody brings him back to life with the power of friendship. And One- uh, his electric eel shock, because mm-hmm. um, Merman's also have properties of eels fun fact mgmt's song electric feel was based on this film this is true this is very true (laughs) i do like that they actually defibrillated because i the worst trope in movies is cpr reviving people um i i i mean a defibrillator doesn't usually revive people either i don't i'm not sure if it ever does i'm not a doctor but i like that they at least included that it's a fun little bit also, his problem definitely wasn't that his heart stopped. He had water in his lungs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he drowned. He drowned. Yeah. But so they, they were like, electricity beats anything. Electricity well, also- is medicine. Trust <laughs> us. We're mermaids, not quacks with stethoscopes. <laughs> right. They uh, feed us well, poison, s- so we buy their cures while they suppress our medicine. <laughs> Cody uses his electric power in the swim meet. Oh, in yes. the pool with everyone, and no one gets hurt. Oh, yeah. Very good point. It's true. Phys- the physics. I was mostly just concerned with how did a metal rod in the pool connect to the, the big Megatron up on the wall? But you have a much better point. Which is <laughs> <laughs> why wasn't all the little children's bodies floating? Hmm. <laughs> That's what we call movie magic. Did anybody catch, I can't call it a cameo, but a very special first role for a very popular actor? Nobody caught this? Oh, this is great. Um, There's a scene where Cody is just, taking a really long time at the water fountain and there's a long line of people waiting 
And one of those people is a very young Kristen Stewart. What? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, one of the, the a little girl who's just like sitting, who's like just standing there waiting. She doesn't have any lines. But I I did a double take and I was like, wait, hold on now. That girl looks very familiar, and it's Kristen Stewart. Oh, now that you mention it, Brandon, I definitely did catch that because I'm yeah. also a huge nerd. Hey, 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 hey. She's cool. No, no, I She's... meant you. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's me. I am the nerd. But yeah, How that was, was your... just a weird thing to see. Uh, so th- the the friendship between Jess and Cody evolves because Jess can't swim and Cody needs help with his science project. But it's like, Jess's dad is the boat guy. And how are you not going to know how to swim when your dad is obsessed with mermaids? That's a very good point. It your seems dad's like he, too obsessed to yeah, spend time with you. I think he distances himself from his dad and his dad distances himself just because he's, you know, so absorbed in his own little mermaid world. Also, but if Jess is so interested in marine biology... And his dad, and he lives on the water. I don't know. Yeah, you're right, Brandon. It is weird. I mean, I'm not going to try to sit here and justify it. It is a kid's movie that was hastily made for $5 million. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't they just give us $5 million? We could make a much better movie on $5 million than they can. I'm sure of it. Mm -hmm. Honestly, the more we do these, I'm like, we really could do better. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Because we've yeah. definitely put more thought into this than anyone who's written one of these movies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dwayne Dunham, who is the director, he directed Twin Peaks. Dwayne. He can do better than this. Yeah. This is just a paycheck for him. And he knows that. And he doesn't, you know, push himself. Dwayne. Dwayne Dunham. Great name. I feel like Jess is ahead of his time with his glasses. Yeah. He's yeah. very, uh, he's very mini Rick Moranis. Yes. Yeah, he is very mini Miranda's. But you're right. Is that going to be the finale of this podcast? We uh, do a table read of a Disney Channel movie. It's got to be. I'll I'll, I'll write one. I, I, I think we could all write one very easily. It would take no more than two hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I could write a 90-minute decom in two hours. Let's write a Just decom about a SoundCloud rapper. Yeah. <gasps> Okay, yeah, all right. It's called um, Cloud Nine. No, that happened. (laughs) Head in the clouds. Head in the clouds. Perfect. Perfect. There there it is. That's the one. That's it. I think think it would be great. Is there like a supernatural vibe to it, or is it just like friends who start to hate each other and then come back together vibes? No, no. So um, Jimmy is is an aspiring rapper who one day while he's scrolling through his SoundCloud feed late at night, notices a song on there that it says was written by him, but nobody else can see it. It's, it's, you know, a supernatural vibe is what I'm trying to get at. Very cool. No, I like that. I think that's great. Um, the, the song also has a human persona that jumps out of the computer and comes to life. Yep. And, it's, and it's, you know who it is? It's, um, it's Mosby from Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Mm. Uh, what's his name? Um, Phil Morris, I think yeah. his name is. Yeah, Hooch from Scrubs. Yeah, Hooch. Hooch is crazy. <laughs> All right, cool. We, we got the foundation. Now we just need to come up with some shitty one-liners where we like say the same word twice with a different meaning because it's the only humor that you could have in these movies. We'll get there. We're yeah. already 
we're closer in age to the people that the movie will be about, but already far too old, but yeah. better than the clearly 60 to 70 year olds that have written every other decom. Yeah. I think all this SoundCloud is clouding your judgment. Oh my God, there it there is. There it is. Perfect. Boom, boom. That's better than any joke in this movie. I hate myself. You know what? I did not laugh for a single moment in this movie, but then as soon as the movie ended, the greatest thing yes. I've ever heard came oh on during God. the credits. Can, can I explain it, please? Yes, please. So I believe that somebody got paid a decent chunk of change to write a song about this movie or for this movie, but they hadn't actually seen the movie or didn't pay attention to it or something. So it's like a pop rock song about this movie with lyrics that relate to it, but they're just like the worst non sequiturs and they don't actually relate to the movie at all. And there's, um, what are some of the lyrics, Brandon? Oh, oh my God. Well, we're just, we're, we're just going to play it. We got to play the whole thing. It's less than a minute long. So it is important that all of our devoted listeners hear this song. All right. All right. Is everybody ready? Hey, everybody. My girl saw a flounder, and then she thought it was me, and it really astounded her. <laughs> That's better than what actually happened. All right. Here we go. Okay. This, this, this is the part that we'll just cut out. But. Feeling kind of lucky. This girl really likes me. Never thought that love would tap my heart At the beach together, nothing seems to matter Till she sees a flounder, can't tell us apart the, the, Never could imagine that I'd grow a tail Whoever did this song has never done a professional bit of music James, I love that you said that because the guy who wrote this song, Randy Crenshaw, has a prolific list of credits on IMDb. This guy was in The Nightmare Before Christmas. He did, um, he did Ren and Stimpy show. He, did, he was part of the Simpsons movie. He did music for the Muppets and Jim Henson projects. He did music for Enchanted. Uh, he was a yodeler in Without a Paddle. His credits are very extensive. This man has a lot of experience. But as a wonderful YouTube commenter put it, whoever wrote this song probably doesn't listen to music. <laughs> <laughs> I have listened to this song 20 times in the last 24 hours. I've turned it into a new Rick Rolling, where if my wife is just like there and is like, oh, what's that song? I was like, oh, here, I'll just put it on. And I play that. And she already hates it. And I love it so much. Feeling kind of sketchy. Fear. My palms are pretty sweaty. The, Sitting you hear at how a ridiculous sushi bar is my greatest fear. It's so ridiculous the whole time, but every time he gets to, never could imagine that I grow a tail. I, I die. <laughs> I crack up. Can't help it. It's, it's really pretty really. fucked up. <laughs> it is pretty fucked up. As soon as I heard it, I was like, this is the worst song I've ever heard. But somehow I've turned around. It might actually be genius. You you yeah. do need to be 
good at music to write something that bad. Yeah, it's yeah, just like that's bad enough. That's deliberately written. That's not like someone who's an idiot sits down at a keyboard and is like, it's maybe maybe it's a spite song. Oh maybe, yeah. Maybe they were like, well, we're gonna pay you ten thousand dollars. Half now, half later, and they only paid him like a thousand. And he's like, "This is what you get for a tenth of the price." And he's like, <laughs> "Fuck you." That's got to be it. There's no way that a man with so much, you know, credits and so much experience with music could put that out without realizing how dissonant and insane this is. Never would have <laughs> fever dream. My thirteenth year. It's, it is it is like he's trying to be bad. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds... Do you remember when we watched um, Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme and they're chained up in the dungeon in that basement and like uh, Dweezil oh. Zappa and Randy Johnson are playing like metal music? Instead of metal music, it could have been this song. And it would have been just as terrifying. <laughs> I think we can do a nod to this song in our, in our decom. Mm. Yeah. Right. Oh, we have to. This this song is just the the opening credits and the only song that plays throughout the movie. No, Brandon, we have to write it's one. We have to do song. our best to it's write the sad one just song. as bad. It's everything. The fight song, the yeah, you sports just, you song. Just slow it. Just slow it down a little for the more serious Feeling parts. Kind of lucky. This girl really likes me. Never yeah. could imagine that I'd grow a tail. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do the decom f bomb. It's time. I'm 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 feeling it. Let's do it. Uh, if this were a PG thirteen movie, you get to drop the f bomb once. Where would you do it? All right, my decom f bomb. So you guys remember that scene where um, he tells the fish to like. Like, maybe I could communicate with fish. And he tells the fish to jump out of the tank, and the fish jumps out of the tank. And then later, in a more somber moment, it's like the end of the second act, and things are going wrong for Cody. And he looks at the fish tank, and he says, I'm one of you now. Now, I would imagine the fish, who is obviously voiced by, like, Keith David or or Gary Anthony Williams, somebody with a powerful and yet sultry voice who just looks at him and goes, man, fuck you. You don't know anything about what it's like to be me. I'm in a tank. It sucks in here. My shit is just floating around. I hate it in here. You don't know anything about my life. Stick on that phone. That's a good one. Uh, okay, mine is, uh, so Cody has a girlfriend. We haven't even talked about her yet. Sam. Oh, God. And her name is Sam. Uh, and Cody, he's a pretty popular guy, right? He's the star swimmer, or at least one of them. And so she's, when she starts dating him, her, she feels like she's on top of the world. Because now, by default, she's the most popular girl. Then he starts going through all of his mermaid changes, and so they kind of go through a riff because he's just like, I, I have no time to spend with you. So when she finds out that he's turning into a mermaid, she like breaks up with him. And then he turns around and he calls her a star fucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be great. I like that. Because that's really what she is. Yeah. Yeah, good point. She did drop him and real then, fast. <laughs> and then she turns around and she goes, well, at least I'm not a starfish fucker. 
Oh, she burned. <laughs> That's good. See, this is why we could write one of these movies. God. We, we, we have put our one F bomb on in our movie. Oh, it, obviously. And it's going to have two dads. Two dads. Yes. <laughs> hey, Ryan, what's your decom F bomb? I think mine would have to come in the end credits song. I think at the, <laughs> at the very end of the song, you'd, you'd hear in the background, like, fuck this, fuck this. Just like off mic, like he steps away from the <laughs> mic and you hear like some shit clattering around. He's like, God fucking damn it. Just like. I love it. Shit. Shit. <laughs> I think I think for me, there's a couple, uh, but one that just it's it's so corny, but it, it did come to me in the moment of like. There's so Cody has one of his other mermaid powers is sticky hands like Spider-Man's and he is he has like the he's just looking at them because he just got like the milk carton stuck to them or something. His mom sees him. They're in the kitchen. His mom sees him doing that and she starts just turning her hands around, just looking, looking. And then Dave Coulier dad walks in like they're they're looking at their hands for a solid 10 seconds and then Dave Coulier, dad, walks in, and his F-bomb is he just sees them. He looks from the mom to the dad. They see him standing there, and he goes, I'm fucked up, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have what she's having. That was a weird scene. There are some truly just filler-for-time scenes in this. Yeah. Ugh. I felt like the dream sequence where Cody is, like, experiencing being a mermaid in his dreams was was pretty long. Yeah. They they had like a weird green screen moment where his window turned into the sea. Yeah. yeah. I mean, are there any deleted scenes in any of these movies? There can't be. I feel be. like they just, so they just short. keep it all in. Yeah. yeah. No, no way. Oh, and there's like full like when they're swimming, it's like what's the, what's twice the length of an actual swim meet? Like that's how much <laughs> they film them swimming. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. It's like, here's turn one, and tur they're turning around again. And it's like every, it's longer than they would actually be swimming. Yeah. Hey, what'd you guys think of this dad? Mr. Like, Mr. Dad. I was fine with this dad. Yeah. He's a, yeah. He's a good dad. Yeah. I think he was fine. I give him a B just because Dave Coulier is... He could be funny. Like, if he, I, I think that if he wasn't doing kids' comedy, he could be really funny. But his kids' comedy isn't even that good. No. <laughs> he should just go all the way, you know? Go, Bob, go full Bob Saget. Yeah. Yeah. I think I give this dad a B. Plus. B, plus. yeah. Yeah. He has good enough insight. Like, he's, he seems, he seems to be a pretty, level-headed dad. It's not like he's he's not the problem in this movie. Correct. Yeah. I, I do I do want to mention something. And I I I don't know take 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 this however you want. At the very end when so okay, so Cody is going to spend some time with his mom. It might it's indeterminate. Either he's leaving with to be a mermaid forever or he's going to come back for the school year. It's not really clear. Yeah. But his mother says, "I love you." And the father says, we love you. Mm. Can't have a man expressing true love to another man. True. That's just crazy. 
got to be veiled behind a first-person plural pronoun. <laughs> That's true. That is he, true. He, he's hamstrung by the times of dad writing. He doesn't have the space to be emotional. Yeah. But he can just be accepting, and that's enough. Fair. Good point. But he's also Dave Coulier. Uncle Joey. Cody's last name in this movie is Coulier, as far as I'm (laughs) concerned. It would be funny if he dropped his cut it out at some point. (laughs) I would have liked that. Mm. Good Easter egg. Yeah, why was he doing this movie? Wasn't this like at the height of Full House? Was it? I don't know. Ninety nine. It's definitely not at the height because Full House was. I think it ran for six or seven seasons. This movie was nineteen ninety nine. Okay, yeah. Full House ended in ninety five. Oh, never mind. Let's see. What was Dave Coulier doing at this time? He might have just been doing stand up. Uh, Okay, no, he was doing a lot of just TV appearances. you know, one-offs in cartoons like Pinky and the Brain. He played Tom Hanks in Pinky and the Brain for one <laughs> He He did Freakazoid. He did Extreme Ghostbusters, the animated series. Uh, yeah, he just did random stuff. So he was just working. It was, he was just being right. a kid's comedian. And not going down on Alanis Morissette in a movie theater. Or I guess it's no... no Telling her to go down on him in a movie theater. I don't really remember. Is that, wait, is that a thing? Is that known? You didn't know this? No. Yeah. Uh, Lannis Morissette was dating Dave Coulier. I knew that. And then they broke up, and she wrote the song, You Oughta Know. I knew that. And it's about him. Yeah. Yeah. But what about going down in a movie theater? That's one of the lines, like... Um, oh. Would she go down on you in a theater? I guess I never... Yeah, there you go. I think I only ever concentrated on the chorus of that song. Well, you ought to know. I ought to know. I Honestly, maybe I ought to know. Guys, I've been workshopping this parody of Ironic called Bubonic, but the only line I have is, it's like a plague, <laughs> and I don't know where to go That's from That's a there. good one. Thank that you. Good That's good one. enough. Thank you. My friend Tori's helping me write it. Hi, Tori, if you're listening. She, she wrote more of the lyrics. I just don't remember what they are at this <laughs> time. It'll be a good one. What else is going on in this movie? Anything? <sighs> What else is going on? <laughs> what else is going on? Hey, I hear, I hear these kids are turning into mermaids now. Must be something in the water. Maybe it's for loco, huh? What else is going on? Uh, this is a small thing, but just kind of tickled me. There's a, a couple scenes where obviously there's there's swim meets and the swimmers got to swim fast. Every, and, like, everyone's giving him pep talks. Like, Sam is giving Cody a pep talk, like the coaches. And everyone's pep talk consists of swim as fast as you can. And that's it. They go, make sure you go fast. Go oh. real faster than everybody, but oh. faster than anyone. Why didn't I think of that? Oh, <laughs> that's why I keep getting fifth. Oh, make sure you try and go faster. Gotta go fast. <laughs> Come on, Sonic the Swimmer. <sighs> 
I don't know. I, like the, all the other movies we've ever watched on the Disney Channel Tipsy Panel, there's not much to this movie. You know, if yeah. if we wanted to sit here and actually dissect the, you know, moral teachings of this film, I'd say that uh, you know it ranks above some of the others that we've seen as far as, uh, you know, the the jock befriending the nerd. Like, you know, he didn't really have um, ulterior motives there. Uh, you know, he kind of just became friends with a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, stuff like that. Um, there's not a real villain. Like, Jess's dad is not even a real villain in this film. He's sort of like a hapless, bumbling oaf mm-hmm. who whose life's mission is to photograph a mer- or see a mermaid or something. It's like... You know, how can you fault the the dude for probably being not all there? I forget. <laughs> Did you say this already, Ryan? But the word that's popping into my head is harmless. This movie is harmless. Like there's yes. th- there's nothing very strong one way or the other about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, I mean, it. I don't know. Do we even want to talk about? Does it teach a lesson or not? Like, I feel like uh, I'm going a little too far here. Okay, the lesson of this movie, if you're driving a boat and you think you see a mermaid, you do. And <laughs> you should crash your boat. You saw it. It's always the case. Make sure to look around for little mermaid babies. This movie, uh, it's, it's in such a weird place because I feel like the lesson was less moral and more like... It really was, like, there was just a lot of puberty moments. Like, he's, like, hiding in the bathroom being like, I'll be out in a minute. And, like, he's just trying to hide the changes to his body. Oh, my God. When he comes out of the bathroom and says, I was just washing my hands. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that. And like, The hands in the pockets. Yeah. It's it's almost like a, like a, like a here's your changing body movie. Whereas, like... Uh, to compare it with like Luck of the Irish when I guess when he's 13 he starts to turn to a leprechaun I guess it's the same but that movie was more like fun and whimsical this is like he's going through more struggle to change definitely enjoyed Luck of the Irish more than this one yeah same Luck of the Irish is is, I know it's the first one we've done but it is a bar yeah it set a bar in our I think in everybody's head yeah, I yeah. think we all gave we make we were mixed on that one. Yeah, it was some of us gave it a thumbs up, some of us gave it a thumbs down. I don't remember what I gave it, but in my memory, it deserves a thumbs up. So whether I gave it an up or down at the time is you know anyone's guess. Someone will go back and find out. Yeah, but we uh, we really didn't know the river of shit we'd be wading no, through. No, <laughs> truly After. we did not. And here we are, fifty nine episodes later. Doesn't deep it in feel the good? Sewers. Yeah, yeah, just Still. elbow deep in pure shit. We're Andy Dufresne if the <laughs> the river of shit was 190 movies long. <laughs> or something. Yeah, oh, we're not even like close. There's 110 decoms. Don't remind me, okay? Just don't remind me. I'm going to remind right? you all no, the no, time. No, no, just just don't. Just don't. A hundred and eleven when we sell our script. Oh yeah, yeah. Head in the clouds is going to be the next big one. It's going to star uh, who's going to Olivia Rodrigo, 
And I'm going to be the lead actor, even though <laughs> we need like a 14 year old. It's about a 29 year old. <laughs> I'm, it's, I'm like a, it's like I'm you going to be dog. 30 playing a 14 year old. <laughs> yeah, let's get Kirk Cameron back. Yes. That's oh, like, yeah. He hasn't done a decom in a while. And let's get his friend, uh, Ray Comfort. It could be a real, <laughs> uh, real evangelical movie. Let's get Orlando Brown. Mm. He's definitely going to do it. He should wear his weird, uh, you know, off-center snake, chi- uh, snake contacts. Yep. He could He'll list all of his children and just say random ages. <laughs> I got a six-year-old and a three-year-old and an eight-month-old. And a 29-year-old. His name's Ryan. All right. I want to rate this movie. Do you guys want to rate this movie? Yeah. Is Can yeah. the movie that we're writing, though, be about Ryan's uh, um, coming to terms with his body changing at 29 years old? Feeling kind of heavy. Eat a lot of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Never thought I'd go through puberty at 29. <laughs> It's so Feeling weird in my 29th year. <laughs> Feeling kind of sticky. My hands are in my pockets. Love to eat vanilla with my fingers. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. I like that. Ryan, Thank I think you. you should start by writing this movie. I want to hear your thoughts. Welcome back. Oh, thanks. So... I don't know. I think I blew off some steam at the ballpark or something, heckling C.B. Bucknor and Angel Hernandez. But, (laughs) um, yeah, I mean, this movie was harmless. It was relatively inoffensive. Uh, It might have even taught some lessons in there that are are worth being taught. Uh, You know, like uh, an unlikely friendship is is the best one or uh, some shit like that. I mean, look, it was bullshit like all of the rest of these are. Um, and it was not worth my... what? What's half of 90 minutes? It was not worth my 45 minutes for sure. But um, I don't think I can give this movie a thumbs down. Like, I don't really wow. feel like giving... I don't really feel like giving it a thumbs up either. But just to give it a thumbs down feels wrong. I mean, it was... It, it's a Disney Channel original movie. What do you want me to say? It's It's cheesy it's contrived it's it's hastily made but uh i don't know i liked i liked jess as a character um cody was was a dumbass but he was you know a harmless dumbass um i feel obliged to give this movie a thumbs up wow okay good for you i'm glad that you feel so uh passionate about this movie and this podcast I um I recently made <laughs> I heard that sigh. I recently made a letterbox account, which is a terrible idea for uh Disney Channel original movies because there's not a single one that's gonna be over like two stars. So uh, it makes it very hard to rate this on a decom scale ra- as opposed to like a regular movie scale. Um Ryan, I agree with all your points, but I'm still not going to give it a thumbs up, which is weird because I remember this one maybe better than any other one from my childhood. 
I don't think I saw it that many times, but like it's just so simple that I knew everything that was going to happen. I just it was just still in my head from 20 years ago. I was bored, and I think that yeah, the unlikely friendship is nice, but just nothing about this movie was fun. And I think even a kid watching this would feel the same way that it's not interesting enough to grok anything that the movie wants to give you. I don't know. Thumbs down for me. I mean, I happen to agree. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think I got to agree with Brandon. Uh, The, the, the boredom was strong. Uh, I really spaced out. Uh, and maybe that's on me, but at least some of that has to lie with the movie. I think um, it's the the dialogue is 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 piss poor, uh, and the the plot doesn't just not up my alley. Um, I can I can see the 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 intrigue of it all, and that song that credit song is is really one of the most special things to come out of any decom that Very we beautiful. found. It, it really is like top notch, uh, but the movie gets a thumbs down. Oh God. You know what? I, I'm having a hard time because I, I agree with Ryan. Like this is a Disney channel original movie. Like there, it wasn't fun to hate, you know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes at least they're so bad. They're good. Um, except for that credit song. <laughs> so good. Uh, it's I good. But at the same but at the same time, there's something about this movie just that just like uh, maybe it's because it was it maybe because it's an older one, so it kind of has like a grainy, filmy look. But it's it just feels like an instant classic. So you know, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna I'm gonna side with my old pal Ryan on this one. I'm gonna give it a thumbs up Hi. just because he's my pal. Aww. We're split right down the middle. I like that. I'm glad, Brennan, because if you'd also given it a thumbs down, I was gonna change my vote. <laughs> that that would have most... sent me over the edge, hurtling over the edge, where I like something and you guys all didn't like it. This is the no, first gonna... time in a while that we've we've been split. Yeah, but you know how I know that this... I mean, it's an instant classic, sure, I think just because the idea of a mermaid was interesting. But I think one big knock against this is that we had absolutely nothing to say about the climax of the movie except for that Jess died. Yeah. Um, like there was nothing about how they caught the mermaid or about the big chase scene in the water or how like Jess did a triumphant save. Like we, no one even thought to mention that. It, because it was wholly uninteresting. I mean, yeah. there was not a villain. There was not a climax. There was not even really any plot development. That, like like you guys said before, it was like a fucking puberty film. It was like, oh, don't look at my body. Oh, I'm ashamed of my body. What's going on with my body? <laughs> it was just enough. It was like it was supposed to be a two-hour movie, and then they were like, nope, it's going to be 90 minutes. And they were like, fuck, we only have time to edit the end. And they just, they, it was like all exposition, and then five minutes of like, uh, and then the mermaid comes back, and then he almost drowns, and then they're all friends. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and what of that of Cody? <laughs> what of that of that of Cody? Is he, he going to be a mermaid? Were they setting this up for a sequel? Back? There's Cody. no way they had no concept of franchising any of these yeah. things at this time. Cody. <laughs> All right, that's our show, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us 
anywhere, wherever you found this podcast, tell your friends about it and tell them to come find it too. Tell them to rate us five stars. I think that would be fun. Um, you can find on this Inst- podcast at a Blockbuster video. Mm-hmm. You can find this podcast at Funko Land. We're you in f- the red box by your 7-Eleven. Mm-hmm. You can insert a quarter into the vending machine at the supermarket, and out will come the Disney Channel tipsy panel. <laughs> We're on Instagram at Disney Channel Tipsy Panel. We are on Twitter at Tipsy Panel. Call the Disney Channel Tipsy Panel hotline, 914-863-1613. And sing. Please sing the 13th year song to us when you call. I, I would love to hear your rendition of Randy Crenshaw's The 13th Year. Oh, and by the way, I found out because of YouTube, that this song is on a CD compilation of DCOM music called Here's Premieres, where both of those rhyming words have E-A-R-S, like Mickey Mouse ears. Here's Premieres Volume 1. So if any of our listeners feel like buying Here's Premieres Volume 1 and sending it to us, I think that would be pretty cool. I think what's great about that is that somebody out there has a copy of that CD in their basement where the jewel case is just holding itself together. Yeah. Barely. And the the scratches on the CD are just deep enough that some of the songs might be able to play. How about this? If you don't want to send it to us, just show us a picture. Just show us that you have it. And I will be satisfied that would be fine feeling kind of heavy my body's getting sweaty i found <laughs> here's premieres in my dad's old desk. that's our show everybody thank you for listening tune in next time i'll have another decom for you bye feeling so depressed my mind is very messed kill myself if we do another show hey next one's episode 60 it's a big one that's the one where i bud dwyer it baby oh my god i almost put my beer out don't be alarmed 